You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello, you're listening to the Ask Daryl podcast. This is episode number seven. I'm your host, Daryl Girardier, and this is a podcast where I take one question from a listener, do my best to answer it in the short, briefest amount of time possible, hopefully giving you the answer you're looking for. And these questions revolve around the church, social media, communications, and technology. Today's question comes from Zeriland Irvin, who is at Zeriland on Twitter. First, before I go to the question, Zeriland, I want you to know that is a fantastic, awesome name, and you need to thank your parents for it. I love that name. Now, here's your question. The question is, how can the church be relevant online during national events? For example, Manny Pacquiao, the Grammys, and I'll even add to that Ferguson or Baltimore. Well, Zeriland, this is a really great question. And honestly, it's a question that's full of landmines. Um, and I mean landmines in the sense of, man, there's a lot of ways this can go right. And there's a lot of ways that this can go wrong for a church. So let's kind of unpack this question by looking at uh, a recent example. And let's go with Baltimore because I think that's one that I think is fresh on everybody's mind. And still to this day, we're still hearing news about it and we're still kind of getting more facts and getting more news about what's going on in Baltimore. Well, if I was look as I look through Baltimore, I think there's six principles that we can pull out from Baltimore uh, and how your church can stay relevant online in that conversation. The first thing we need to do, and anytime you're dealing with a national situation like Baltimore, is you need to take a moment Take a step back and you need to turn off the automation on your Facebook and Twitter accounts. If if you've got automation set up, in other words, if you've got it set up so stuff automatically goes out from Buffer or Hootsuite, things are automatically being tweeted out, you need to take a moment and stop that and double check and make sure you've got nothing that goes against the grain of what's going on in the national conversation. Sometimes we can look like we're really out of touch as a church when we're posting stuff that really has nothing to do with the conversation that's going on with Twitter at that time. About a few, a few years ago, when I was working uh, at, a, at a company, I made the mistake of, of automating some tweets. Uh, I automated some from my personal account. I actually one day automated a joke that I thought was really funny about uh, Adobe Photoshop. Adobe Photoshop at the time was giving me fits, absolutely unbelievable amount of fits. And so I made the joke that if Adobe Photoshop was an employee, I'd fire it. Now, to my designer friends, I think they thought the joke was pretty funny. What I didn't know that day was that my company was going to let people go. And we let a number of people go that day. So the tweet goes out. I'm unaware because it's just I set that tweet up that morning. It goes around, around uh, out around lunchtime. And then I had her start seeing direct messages coming in from friends going, wow, too soon. And I was like, too soon for what? And then I realized through another friend, like, hey, they let some people go today. And here I am tweeting about firing an employee when I realized my company was letting people go. So that's a great example of automation gone wrong and why you need to stop and need to think about what you're putting out during a national event, a national conversation, and how it may contradict what's going on. So that's number one. Number one, turn off your automation and make sure your conversation going out is consistent with what's happening online. Number two, you need to understand the principle of that you more than likely will not change anybody's viewpoint online. You probably won't change people's views. In fact, probably what you're going to do more than anything else is you're probably going to reinforce what they already currently believe. And 
that's important to know because a lot of times we think we're going to go in and we're just going to change the conversation and we're going to change people's minds. But the reality of it is very rarely does that happen. Social media a lot of times is an echo chamber. So keep in mind that you probably will not change conversations. You may shift the direction of a conversation. You may help people get people to a different direction, but you might probably will not ever change their mind. So understand that. Three, understand the difference between a local context and a national context when you're having this conversation. Here's what I mean by that. When you're tweeting and you're writing stuff on Facebook about a national conversation, there are certain things that are going to play well to your local audience where you live. Okay, That stuff is going to be fantastic because you're feeding your congregation and what you're saying about an event somewhere else to them in that moment will make total sense. However, keep in mind that somebody in Seattle can also read your stuff as well. Okay, so I'm here in Nashville. If I tweet something about Baltimore from my viewpoint, my lens that I see here in Nashville, somebody in Seattle might not understand that. So I've got to look at what I'm putting out on a national level and on a local level. Okay, sometimes the problem is we we often think one or the other. We think on a national level and we forget about our local congregation or we think on a local level and we forget about the national conversation. So make sure you're cognizant of of all audiences that could be reading what you're saying. Number three, make sure that what you're doing online is consistent with the DNA of your church. It's consistent with who your church is. There's a great quote that actually Zary Land, you sent me, and this is from Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary's talking about uh, May the 4th be with you, uh, the Star Wars May 4th holiday that um, holiday that they've set up, if you will, where you see on the internet lots of memes about Star Wars. I love it. I think it's really cool. But he has a great quote about how sometimes organizations try to take over that meme and how that could go wrong. And here's the quote. I think it is, much, it is a much stronger strategy to take a step back, look at the entire 365-day calendar year, and understand that 6 or 12 unique days and memes that are dramatically more authentic to your day-to-day value proposition as a brand or a business. What he's saying is it's much stronger to sit back and say, what really is important to us and important to our people and really matters to us? And let's try to capitalize on that versus trying to take over a national conversation that honestly, at the end of the day, is really not who we are. So if your church really isn't about social justice and racial reconciliation, then it's going to be really odd for all of a sudden you start having that conversation online. Now, if you want to have that conversation online, which I think you should, that conversation actually doesn't need to start online. It needs to start from the pulpit. It needs to start with your pastor having that conversation. And once your pastor starts having that conversation, then that kind of gives you the material to work off of to make it a conversation that you can move online. But all, all of a sudden, you start having that conversation online that you've never had before. For most people, it's going to look really odd. And to be honest with you, it's going to look a little disingenuous. The, the fourth thing you need to understand is is that you need to make sure that whatever you say online and whatever you do online is consistent with the tone and voice of what you've always been online. If there's an event, like you said, the Grammys, I think in your question, and there's a really fun moment. Prince comes out and Prince does that thing that's really hilarious and everybody's laughing about it. It's going to be a little bit out of character for your church account to tweet something about Prince if they've never done anything funny or humorous before. That's, if that's not who your church is, if your church is known to be more of a, a reverent 
um, reverent kind of congregation that thinks that thinks more liturgical and, and kind of that's that's their vibe and that's who they are, then that's what you need to stay within. You don't need to venture out into areas that you're not. Vice versa, if you're just a fun, upbeat place and that's kind of what you're known for, if you try to go reverent, try to go serious, people are going to look at you and go, "That's that's not your tone. That's not your voice." It's going to seem pretty authentic. So make sure you stay within your tone and your voice of who you are. Now, the sixth one, which I think is probably the most powerful, powerful thing you can learn and what you can do to stay relevant online is this, is find ways to take the conversation and give it context. And here's an example. Going back to the Baltimore situation, a few weeks ago, we saw Nepal happening and we saw the earthquake in Nepal and we saw what was happening in Baltimore. And our communications team sat back and said, okay, We've got multiple things going on. How do we speak into that? We determined the best way to do that was was to have our pastor blog about one of those situations. Now, why we have our pastor blog about it? We wanted to blog about it because we wanted to fully flesh out some ideas and what we or our thoughts were, but we wanted to do it in a format that where it would be more than 140 characters. We wanted it in a place where he could go 500 to 2,000 to 6,000 words, whatever he felt like writing, but whatever he felt like he needed to say to kind of state man, this is what we currently think about the situation. So we went to our pastor. We said, hey, we need you to blog. You can choose between Nepal, Baltimore, wherever your heart right now is leading you. We want you to write about that conversation. And so what he did was he chose Baltimore. I'll actually put the link to the blog post uh, in the show notes. And it was really powerful. People responded to it. But what it allowed us to do, it allowed us to have a conversation online, a fully more fleshed out conversation than 140 characters would have normally allowed. So let me recap real quick. First thing you need to do is you, may need, to make, you need to get practical. Make, make sure that everything you're saying online uh, isn't being automated and you're, you're not, you're not uh, saying something that's not part of the national conversation. So if you've got any automation, go ahead and kill it. Number two, understand you probably won't change people's minds. This is what they currently believe and think. And you may shift the conversation, but more than likely you won't convince them. Number three, make sure you understand the difference between a local and a national context and what, what you're saying. Number four, make sure what you're saying is part of the DNA of your church. Make sure it's part of who you've always been and do things that you could think, man, this really speaks to our church and who we are. Don't try to venture too much far out from that. People won't really believe that's who you truly are. That also means that you also need to stay consistent with what you've historically always been in your tone and your voice. Make sure you stay consistent with who you are in terms of your tone and your voice. And last and most importantly, find ways to take that conversation and give it context. I think blogging is a great format to do that. I think a sermon is a great way to do that. But find content that will allow you to kind of really expand and really kind of flesh out those thoughts and those ideas. So Zaryland, hopefully I answered your question. Hopefully that gives you some framework to work within as you kind of engage in conversations online of events that are of a national or international importance. If you've got a question for me, you can go to askdaryl.com. That's A-S-K-D-A-R-E-L.com. Or you can find me on Twitter. That's I'm at, at DGirardier. That's at D-G-I-R-A-R-D-I-E-R. You can actually DM me. I've actually turned on the DM where anybody can DM me. Even if I'm not following you, you can DM me with your question. And don't worry if you're like embarrassed about your question. You want to ask the question, but you're like, dude, I don't want anybody to know I asked the question. Just tell me, hey. Can this question remain anonymous? You know what? I'll honor that and I'll still do my best to answer your question. You can also use the hashtag AskDaryl and you can also now go on DarylGirardi.com 
And you can like me on Facebook if you want this information and all of this blog post and all these podcasts in your newsfeed as well. And don't forget, we are now on iTunes, so you can subscribe there as well. Well, hopefully you will have a great week, and I can't wait to hear your questions. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to AskDaryl.com. Don't forget, if you've got questions, go online and submit them to AskDaryl.com.